So I'm Alison Collingwood, and my husband Ross and I have been here at Salem Alliance for 20 years, um, and have seen have seen a lot of things happen here. It's been a very good place of nurture and encouragement and mission and challenge for us. And so, I I distinctly remember the the built this the building of this building and its vision for for the city and. And so it's wonderful to be a part of all that's happening here. So I, um, I, my own story would be that I, a few years ago I was beginning to accumulate some spiritual formation credit and then did a certificate program in spiritual direction. And I suppose it was the admissions person at Richmond Graduate University in Atlanta who was overseeing my, watching my accumulation and said, you know, if you just do four more courses, you'd have a master's degree. Well, let's go for that. <laughs> so I graduated just this past May with a master's in spiritual formation and direction. And uh, it's been just been a wonderful phase in my life and, and in many ways feels like just a wonderful way to to finish, finish what has been a, a good life of experiences and, and um, learning of God and then to be able to bring that into a, a focused setting of spiritual direction is something I love, love to do. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm assuming everybody has got something to write on. Um, yeah, so we're good with that. So why did you choose this session? There's a couple of, there's a couple of handouts on the back table there for you. Um, why did you choose? What, what um, stood, as you read the description, um, what, what um, impressed you or, or said to yourself, oh, that would be, that would be something I, I w would want to do? Or was there anything about the way this was described that kind of rang a bell for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, we, let's let's get into the into the nitty gritty right off the bat. You'll notice inside the handout, page two, there's a quiz there called "How good how how good a listener are you?" We might as well we might as well be honest with each other right up front. So, if you would take a few minutes to do that quiz. You notice how um, the, the numbering at the top, you give yourself a number based on whether it's almost never, sometimes, often, or almost always. I'm going to let you finish out the rest of that um, later on your own. Um, as, you, as you do that and tote up your score, I'd be, be encouraged. <laughs> Um, and I like I like what the author this this is from a book called the the um, lost art of listening and uh, I like what he, he says if if you pick out one bad habit and just if you just would learn to practice letting others finish talking before you say what's on your mind that will take you a long way down the road of improving your listening skills <laughs> so let's let's um, can you do that? You, or are you, you really want to know if you get an A or a B in this? <laughs> I can see you're not going to let this go in a hurry. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you an experience I had not very long ago, just a few weeks ago. I had a call from long distance, a woman who lives on the East Coast, and we have a mutual friend, and so this call was kind of a get acquainted call with her. And I quickly discovered into the conversation that I was going to be doing a lot of listening. She just talked and talked and talked. It was around about that time that those nor'easters were hitting the East Coast, you know, um, number one, number two, number three. So, of course, there was all that to talk about, um, the weather and her dogs and travel plans. And I, I realized this, this, was, this was sort of how it was going to be. I, I tried a couple of times to ask a question that, in my mind, was turning the conversation to something a bit more interesting. Um, <laughs> Um, but you know, to no avail. She just kept talking and kept talking. Then I noticed within myself I was getting, I've, I've, I could recognize I was getting irritated and, and, and not only that, disappointed because this would have been an opportunity um, for some, some precious connecting actually but it wasn't going to happen. Finally, I thanked her for calling and, and you're not supposed to do that, right? If a person calls, they're supposed to initiate the end. Well, I thanked her for calling, and, and uh, the, the conversation was over. Later, um, my husband Ross said to me, well, did she learn anything about you? And I shook my head, and, I, and part of the sadness was still there. I said, no, I don't think so, and uh, just, just really sad. So my, my point today, what, what fuels this, this seminar on, on the skill of listening, is that it is a skill. Listening is a skill. And we can choose to get better at it if we'll just give some attention to some, some things. Have you been in a situation like that where you literally feel like you're just getting talked at? It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel very good. In fact, you know, there can be the, the thoughts going on and, and, and you, sort of, you sort of lapse back into your own thoughts and, 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 and the talking goes on. And it, what's the saddest thing about it is that it, it, it does not permit relationship to develop and deepen um, when, when you're in a, in a one-sided kind of a harangue like that. And so, um, in fact, um, excessive talking like that actually stifles relationships. And as followers of Jesus, where we're, we're called to, to love each other, then something, something is, is very wrong with that whole thing. And I think we, we instinctively know it when, it, when it's, when it's happening. David Augsburger has said, he, David is a, um, um, a psychologist at Fuller Seminary in, in L.A., and in his book, and, and by the way, at the, at the end, a lot of the sources for, for what we're talking about today are listed there if you want to explore any more of those books or the authors or whatever. But David Augsburger has said that from birth to death, listening and being listened to is the breath of our emotional life. And I think you know, we know this. We know that a newborn baby and the connection with the mother and the, um, the sound of the mother's voice and, and the, the way we talk, the cuckoos and all of that, 
is it, it all very are all, it, we instinctively do it because because whether we understand the full implications of it, there's a con, there's a connection that emotional um, the emotional development is happening right from day one by by the sound of our voice and the connection in that way. We also know that at the end of life, loved ones are greatly comforted and 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 rest easier in the presence of of family who and and ones dear ones that they are close to, if they know they may not even be able to see or talk or respond much anymore, but often they we're told they they can hear and they listen, and and that is the, that's an emotional connection for them that is very comforting in those last last what might be hours of life. Well, that's great, but what about all the years and relationships in between? You know, a eighty-year-long life. Look at look at all of the opportunities where where that emotional connection is so incredibly important and that is made available to us and and is encouraged and and uh, made rich as we listen and are listened to so as as, as August Ergo says from birth to death and actually this 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 quote is um, your, the, the quotes I want you to go away with I print in the booklet <laughs> so on page on page six you'll see it there um, at the top of the page, from birth to death, listening and being listened to is the breath of our emotional life. Well, God, it seems, had trouble having people listen to him. The, the, the Bible, someone has counted, which I suppose is not, not so difficult uh, with computers nowadays, but the count has been made of the number of times the word listen and here are written in the Bible, and it's more than 1,500 times where the, the instruction is given to listen. And the biggest complaint of, the, of God's people often, and you read, you read this often, the biggest complaint was that the people were not listening to the word of the Lord. In Deuteronomy 6, we read, you shall love, well, it's, it, the verse starts with the word listen, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. And when, when God spoke at Jesus' transfiguration in that incredible, dazzling moment when, when he was transfigured into the full, full extent of his glory, the, the voice of God came through there. This is my beloved son in, who, in whom I delight. Listen to him. And then, um, as Jesus himself often used the words, those who have ears to hear, let them listen. And he was talking, I mean, that can sound kind of strange, to say that to a crowd of people who were standing listening. But there's a difference between hearing, hearing the voice of Jesus and listening in such a way that you want to understand what it is that he's saying and to put it into practice for it to become become the, the life of following Jesus that you would choose. So listening and hearing features well and, and doesn't always have a strong track record, um, even as recorded for us in Scripture, people listening well. So, you know, we, I, I, can, can you think back um, where you've had much instruction about how to listen well? 
a lot of it sort of is just assumed. Either you, either you pick it up well in your family, or but um, I don't ever remember a course being offered. Um, so it's a skill that has a, an enormous benefit and, and, as we said, emotional connection for us. And yet we seem to sort of trips along and we either do quite well at it or, or, or maybe not so well. So um, it's, it's why it's become, it's, it's a passion of mine, obviously. I chose to, to do, speak on this today. There are three areas of our lives where we can we can um, improve our listening skills. And they're listed again on the front cover of your, um, the, the three areas. One is our relationship with God. The second one is our relationship with ourselves. And the other one is our relationships with each other. And what's pretty interesting is that a, a strengthening of your listening skills in any one of those areas is going to have benefit for the other for the other two. So when we listen to ourselves better, we actually listen to others better. And when we listen to each other, it will help us to listen to God better. And I'm going to push that out in some um, practices that we're going to do in a few minutes. So it's a win-win all around. It has, it has benefits for all. So rather than talking a lot about this today, what we're going to do is, is actually... Um, do them, practice them, and the guidelines are in your outline because I would, in your little handout, because I would love for you to have some guides that you could take along with you and explore a little more. There's one thing about coming to a conference like this, often our awareness is heightened and we think, oh, that would be good, or I like that, but, but it, it, can, it can fast um, flow into just our regular day of life, the activities of our day, and, and gets lost a bit. And so my encouragement would be to, to pull this out and, and do it um, a few times and, and uh, to the point where you begin to see that this has huge benefit and encouragement for you and, and over time becomes a part of, of your own practices and becoming who you are. And again, my passion is fueled because I, I recognize what the benefit and what it's doing in my own life as I've been doing some of these things. So the very first one then is on page four, and we're, we're going to talk about listening to God. Quote at the top of the page says, What if we approached our relationship with God as listeners? Wow, what a thought. <laughs> we tend to do an awful lot of talking at God. We tell God what to do, how to do it, and when and by when. <laughs> and 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 it, you you may sort of it may at times have felt like, you know, this is a bit strange. God who created the whole world is, is puts himself at my disposal and I can give the, give the directions. But often we don't, we don't know much about how to do it any differently. And so I'd like to, for us to look at what's called centering prayer here to, in, in this time that we have. And it's called centering because it focuses um, very much on the presence of God. It doesn't need words. It doesn't need impressive acts or or anything like that. It's just coming into God's presence. If you look at the last paragraph on, the pay, on that page, page four, centering prayer 
is both a relationship with God and a practice to foster that relationship. It's a movement beyond conversation to intimacy with him. It does not replace other kinds of prayer. It simply puts other kinds of prayer into a new and fuller perspective. So let's do it. We'll, we'll do it just for five minutes. Often, often um, a guideline would be to set aside about 10 minutes. Um, some people will do it for 20 minutes. You, you, find, you find something that, that works well for you. And as, as you move along, you want to increase the time. That's well and good. But like, like so much of this, there are no rules. Um, it's the, rather guidelines and, and from, from other people's experience who have found this to be inc incredibly beneficial. So I don't know if you, if you, I don't know if you want to clear your laps, or, or, but if you would lay your hands, um, face and palms upward, it, it is a symbolic of your, your being receptive to God's presence. And then if you would choose a word that expresses for you uh, the, your love relationship with God, it could be Father, it could be um, Abba, um, Jesus, Spirit, um, could be Shalom, Peace. Just choose a word. And then um, as, we, as you sit in quietness for, for the, the time, uh, at the end of that time, my, my handy um, iPhone will, will ring just a delightful harp sound, uh, which brings our time to a close. But as you close your eyes, just say, think the words um, that you, the word that you have chosen, and that will be kind of the, the will bring your thoughts back as as your mind wanders, and for most of it, our minds wander pretty well. Just say the word again a couple of times and bring yourself back into the presence of God. Re hear and and be aware of His loving gaze upon you, where He says, "I have loved you with an everlasting love." It's a, it's a wonderful place of, of peace and confidence with him. Isn't that delightful? <laughs> <laughs> Take it, I don't want to, it's a bit of a risk to sort of, sort of get some feedback from, from what, uh, what I would hope for you would be a, a spiritual experience of entering into God's presence. Um, but you may, you may, have said to yourself, well, I didn't know five minutes could last so long. <laughs> or you might have said, well, listening to God, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> or you might, have, you might have found yourself, found your body sort of just sort of relaxing itself and sort of setting back into the chair. You may have had that experience. We always need to remember that God's voice does not come in an audible voice like the person sitting beside you. God, if, if you experienced God's peace, 
had the opportunity to just sort of uh, and give to God and and feel that then then that that's part of what listening to God is about it's it's giving that time to him and to entering in to his place and to his heart and his his longing for you if you come away from that with a with a deeper sense of how much God loves you that takes us a long way because the self-talk so often is that God is God must be just really frustrated with me because I am. <laughs> so that's that's the place of centering prayer to to enter into into that that relationship with God. The second one that we'll talk about is this whole thing of listening to ourselves. And you probably you probably would think, well, you know, I haven't aren't we told to not listen to ourselves because because usually it's pretty uh, pretty bad stuff or or negative, or whatever it might, or disappointment that we alluded to just a little bit ago. <clears throat> Is there really a place for listening to ourselves? Well, in this process of 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 in our as we follow Jesus, He's increasingly making us more like Him. And in that, as we do that, as we begin to come face to face with with the stuff that needs our attention, we bring it to God in what's called this prayer of examine. And uh, I'd like to read from you, and I take the risk of seminars. You don't expect a person to stand and read from a book, but this is so good. In fact, in the last session, a couple of people came up and actually took a photograph of the, <laughs> of the quote, so, so it's good. Um, beef, um, so how the... the just to emphasize the point that he makes is that listening to ourselves does have incredible um, repercussions on how we listen to 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 the to the other uh, pieces of our lives. How you listen to yourself will determine how you listen to others. Do you dismiss your own emotions? Then there's a good chance that you'll make a regular habit of dismissing the emotions of others. Those who are able to discern their own emotions will be most responsive to the emotions of others. If you're not able to sit with your own painful emotions, you will likely dispense dismissive advice and religious cliches to others when they're in pain. Do you quickly judge and condemn the thoughts and stirrings of your inner world? You know, the classic line is, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't think like that then you will be unable to show compassion to others when they risk sharing that with you. The harsher your own internal voices, the harsher will be your responses to the mistakes and shortcomings of others, and you will be likely to project your own insecurities and anxieties onto others. Self-discovery is not the ultimate end of listening to your life. Love is. And if we want to listen to others with compassion, gentleness, and attentiveness, then we must learn to listen to ourselves with those same qualities. And if we do the work in the quiet spaces, our compulsions will come out less loud when we're in the loud spaces. This is a book by Adam McHugh. It's called The Listening Life, and, and the, the um, information is, you'll find it there in the back of your handout. So let's explore what's called the examine. 
and let's read the first paragraph under the heading. One of the deepest longings of the heart is to be known and loved unconditionally. At the end of the day, the examine helps us to review the day and open our arms wide. Well, how about that? (laughs) To ourselves without fear or condemnation. This, I'm increasingly coming to understand, and and I'm only only sorrowful that I've not been doing this for much more of my life, because I think this is a very significant step in moving us along the path spiritually. I think often often people sort of run dry, run out, um, run empty, and they wonder what's going on. But often it's because they're not really being attentive to what life is bringing to them and the whole wealth of experience that goes with that. So this is just really, this is fuel in the tank. And and so let's explore it a bit more. The steps that are listed there are adapted from Ruth Haley Barton's book, Sacred Rhythms. And Ruth, if if you're not acquainted with Ruth Haley Barton, she is, she's a rich, a rich writer with rich um, resources to share with us all. So the process of examine um, looks like this. You, you take time at the end of the day to, and have, and to, to review the day, as we said. Now, having said that, I, it doesn't work for me very well at the end of the day. I've about had it by the end of the day. But I start the day doing this. I'm, for, for a few years now, I've kept a... A, a diary just of the high points of the day, just because sometimes I want to go back, you know, when, when did that happen? And if I can find it in my diary, that's helpful. So I do that, and that kind of triggers the events of the day, and then I come to the examine. And um, you, you in, the, in this process, and you, you, if you ha- have a journal or a place that you like to record these things, you might just want to jot, jot down some particular things that happened. And, and often... Often it's not hard to to come up with one or two significant things, and particularly when you you have a, a painful experience, then and then it's it's really it's really not hard at all. Um, if if it seems like it was a um, pretty normal day and things went well, then even in the midst of that, there are many things that we can give thanks to, and and far, far be it from any of us that we ever. Um, become the kind of people who forget about giving thanks. If in our prayer, all that we did was just express gratitude, that would, be, that would take us a long way forward. So don't, don't feel like your life isn't exciting enough to do this with. <laughs> but when, when the things do emerge, this is just an, an amazing place to begin to dig a little deeper and find out what's going on and, and bring it to God. So we're going, to, we're going to do it right now, but we're not going to have you um, recap all of yesterday. But I, if you've got um, something to jot, and, and here again, don't, don't feel like you've got to write a paragraph right now. Just if you would jot some notes, that, that will be enough. That sort of puts, uh, gives concrete form to what's going on in your head. Um, I find that helpful. So just pick, choose one, one thing that happened yesterday. And ask yourself, or, or, or maybe another guide would be, was there at any point, were you, were you aware that God was with you, that it was a God experience um, in the, whatever it is that you might choose?
Is there something about it that you will thank God for? So something that you, that this seems like this needs to be confessed. This, I need to be honest about this. I need to, to be, see it as God has seen it from the very beginning. What do you need to confess? And here again, as we, as we did in the, in the um, centering prayer, we, we come into this with God's arm around our shoulders and looking upon us with delight and, and love. That, that, that there isn't anything that we can do that ever changes the expression on God's face. That's always how he regards us. Miracle of miracles. <laughs> when we can be so incredibly hard on ourselves. And so, as, as you've, you've been honest with God, um, thank him for his forgiveness. It has been dealt with. When he went to the cross, he dealt with that very specifically, which is the, which is the mystery about, about all of this. Um, but we receive it as a God's gift to us. We are forgiven. We, are, we've, we can step into freedom. All right, let's, let's, let's look now at the third significant relationship, and that is our relationship with others. And is this not where the rubber meets the road? <laughs> I, have, I have an expression that I, I say it to myself, and you're, and you're hearing it here. People are messy, <laughs> and, and we encounter all kinds of uh, all kinds of relationships with people. So how can we grow in this whole area of listening to others? There are many different kinds of encounters that we have with others. Some, some are going to be just, hello, I, I, when I'm out walking my dog, the person with the dog coming towards me, as we get closer, we say, morning. And I often think, that's sort of a strange thing that we say, morning, what, is, what does that mean? But of course, it's short for good morning. But but, but um, it's, it's a way of connecting. And, and strange as it may seem, it's just someone down at the park. And, and, but that, that, that's important to us as people um, made in the image of God. And, who, and we reflect that, that incredible ability to make connection with each other. 
And so I, I would really, my encouragement would be to, without sort of overdoing it and feeling like you're, you're hello, 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 hello. I mean, that, that just gets to be weird. But um, if as, as much as lies within you, is the, the, isn't that a wonderful phrase? <laughs> um, be, notice people and be on the watch out. I, I guess it's called being friendly um, and in a, in a way that, in a way that is, is significant for you and, and will be for other people. I, it, I, it just, I just get sad sometimes in the church, church lobby to see, to see this kind of walking past each other and not connecting. Um, so that would be my encouragement to, to, to just lift up your eyes, as it were, and, and bless someone by just, by just um, connecting with them. So there are those kinds of relationships. And then there are other uh, people that you'll converse with, mostly just to exchange information. They've got what you need to know, and they'll tell you. And, and even in, in those kinds of situations, we can, we can uh, express grace and, and, um, and be open and, and um, kind. Uh, the, the, even in those kinds of interactions, the fruit of the spirit can can flow through us, and if if it's not that case, then it makes great fodder for your exam in that night. <laughs> then then there are the interactions that you have with people, and one of the, I think one of the key words or phrases in in when you have the opportunity for for more conversation would be that when you're interacting with someone, take a genuine interest in that person. And I think that's, that's what pained me about the conversation I was telling you about the, the, uh, the woman earlier. She didn't, I, either she didn't think about it or, or she didn't seem to, I, I mean, I, I just didn't, I, the, her only connection with me was through this other person. I didn't feel like, a, I, I just, Ah, no wonder I got sad. <laughs> and so taking a genuine interest. Now, the, the, I, I have to believe there can't be anybody that you encounter that you don't know something about that person that you could ask a question. And, and that, would, that would indicate that you're taking an interest. Often it's when you last met them or what, what you know about them or anything that you can take a, ask a question that expresses your own, your own interest. Um, on, on page six, there's a, the second quote at the top of the page. Let's look at that. Um, good listening starts with the scandalous premise that this conversation is not about you. Everything in us wants to make it about ourselves. And we're going to look at something a little later on that points that out in a, in a graphic way. But then in, in those instances, we, we enter into a kind of um, a relationship with that person where, in fact, we're, we're serving that person in, in giving them the time and the attention and not, not at any opportunity twisting it around to, to um, something that, that is, is important to us. You know how it goes. <laughs> a person starts talking and you say, oh, yeah, we used to have one of those. In fact, we used to have a saying way back in, when, in New Zealand, and this would, be, this would be 40 years ago. Oh, yeah, we used to have one of those, but the wheels came off. <laughs> 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 and, 
But it's just an example that, you know, and it's something that person says triggers at you and then you just end up talking about yourself. And is this, I mean, this is a pretty straight quote. Everything in us wants to make the conversation about ourselves. So when, when conversations move to that deeper place and we, we, we do not, we, we underestimate the incredible healing and love that is conveyed and that can be experienced by someone if you will give your, your be, un, be willing to forego it being a conversation about you and, and enter into serving and hearing a person's pain. Um, and, and it provides the kind of openness where, and, and, and trust where those deeper things can emerge. And we, we, can, we can never fully know the healing that we can enable in a person if we would be a, a listener who is genuinely interested and cares about, about that person. The, the, another quote there, um, that third quote that says, one of the biggest problems in relationships is not that we don't agree with each other, but rather that we don't feel heard or understood. And you know the classic case, no, probably none of you argue with anybody. <laughs> but I do, and I've had, I've had situations where you almost would wonder, you know how it goes, the person's in response, and so it goes, and it gets louder and, and unpleasant. And, and you almost wish if you could stop the video and, and look and, and ask each person, it, uh, the, the heat and fire would be diminished if, if, if either person could say, I, I really, really don't think you're hearing what I'm saying, and I certainly don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. And so it's not a case of firing one argument, one against the other, but, but moving, if we can be moving towards hearing where the person is coming from and even um, wanting to understand, which means putting your own perspective aside and entering into the place for that other person. Now, it's, it, it's not simple, don't we know? It's not simple. Um, but in the process of, of prayer, your own, your own um, growth and your own life with God, and the examine is just a wonderful way to begin to get handles on that. You'll be, the growth happens and love can flow. The fruit of the Spirit can increasingly flow through us. And with time, well, we, we, trust, we trust again the, the presence of the Spirit to bring about the healing that that for some people is just very, very deep. Let's finish by looking at what I call, it. actually I found this and it was entitled The Nine Do Nots and I thought, oh, nine, that doesn't sound like a good heading. It ought to be ten. <laughs> so I give you a place to add what you would make for number ten. But the ten do nots of an active listener and, and an active listener would be um, one who, who listens actively in a way to enable another person um, to, to process um, the depths of their own, their own lives. Do not allow your brain to race ahead of your lips. We speak at about 100 to 150 words a minute, but we think at 250 to 500. 
Some of you know people even higher than 500, don't you? <laughs> just listen. Do not anticipate what will be said. Just listen. Do not be distracted by the people or the things around you. Keep your eyes focused on the speaker. Just listen. Do not interrupt. Do not cut the speaker off mid-sentence. Allow him or her to finish the thought. Just listen. Do not plan your responses as the speaker is speaking. Just listen. Do not give advice unless specifically asked for it. Just listen. Do not judge. Just listen. Do not finish the speaker's sentence. Just listen. Do not share every single story from your own life that might relate closely or loosely to what the speaker is saying. Just listen. So what would you add? Do you think we covered it all in the nine? Is there anything we need to add for the last one? Yeah. Well, I, would, I would add, um, I'm guilty of like, doing other things while I'm working. You know, like I'm doing the dishes and making dinner or I'm doing, you know, I'm trying to accomplish a conversation with my son at the same time. So, you know, I'm working on making sure my phone is down and being present. So hmm. that's what I would add. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes there is a time when people are talking that is a negative influence with dementia or Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. I think it's expected for these people not to ask and listen. Sometimes things can be on a negative road. So sometimes I think there is a time to move it, um, but not so quickly. Yeah, so what would, what would you... If you sense that the time is right, I, I was talking to someone just in the last session who said this, she, she has a person who just talks and talks and talks and it's always negative stuff. So what, what would you suggest, Jan? question for your examine might be, God, what, 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 um, and this is getting off listening to yourself, but it's yourself in relation to this person. What's really going on for, for her? Why, what, can, can you help me with more understanding, be more sensitive to the pain, maybe the, the loss, the, the anger, whatever that might be, that might be a good thing to process with, with God. So the, the bedrock of, of who we are as followers of Jesus are the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul 
and mind and strength and love others as well as you love yourself. Those are the, those are the guidelines for how, we, for how we live our lives and they have an incredible impact upon our relationships, both with God himself, with ourselves, and with others. And the, the quote uh, that's, that's uh, on, the, on the very front of the cover is the one I, I um, talked about last night in the introduction. For, me, for being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, it's indistinguishable. <laughs> and if, if, we, we, if we give that gift of hearing and listening to another person, it, it conveys, conveys potential love and acceptance and the possibility for growth. And if that's not true for, for what you experience for another person, think about the times in your own life when you've been infused again with courage with vision, um, with the possibility that maybe I can do this, or maybe I can, I can move past this and keep on, keep on growing. Often those come with the loving encouragement and listening ear of a person who, who will give you that time and attention and care. So thank you for listening, and thank you for participating. <laughs>